Welcome back to Travel Bags with Anita and Friends. We are talking adventure travel today. We have a Just Got Back story with Doc Bill and his friend from college, Roger Fishman, and they're talking about their trip that they just got back from, the Falkland Islands. But before we move to the Falkland Islands, and welcome back, uh, Doc Bill. And also sitting in with me is Olivia, our intern. Can't forget to introduce you here, Olivia. It's great to have you in the studio today. But before we move to the Falkland Islands, Roger, I have to ask you, what is the temperature out where you are today? Because I know you're out in Los Angeles. Uh, today is low 70s. Mm-hmm. And the good news about that weather, as everyone knows, is it's you know shorts and T-shirts weather. Uh, and that's in contrast to the minus 50 <laughs> below weather in the Arctic Circle, where I had to wear you know, three uh, thermal uh, pants, and then I had to put a big down pair of bibs over that. Then I had to wear seven, a combination of seven shirts and jackets, and then a big Canada Goose Down jacket on top of that, two <laughs> pairs of socks, uh, boots that uh, look like trucks in order to keep oh my, my feet warm, and then I had four hats on plus the hood of my jacket. And then for my hands, I had uh, two pairs of mittens plus all those uh, heat hand warmers as well. So I was probably wearing uh, uh, 20 pounds of gear. I was going to say, 20 pounds of clothes. Yeah, so, but it, you, you need it, you know, and I, to avoid frostbite, I had to, at some point in time, jump off my snowmobile and stick my face in the exhaust of the snowmobile to warm up my face and my glasses. Yeah, I was going to ask what you have on your face. So is there a scarf or some type of uh, mask on your, on your hat? Oh, yeah, you, you can wear some pieces that, that cover parts of your head and goggles, mm-hmm. but you can still get your nose and your cheeks very cold, and you can get frostbite pretty quickly, so... Uh, the snowmobile exhaust was the the only place, and the be- therefore the best place, just to put my face in front of, because it would warm me up and it would melt the ice off my glasses. That is amazing. That's amazing. Now, it wasn't that cold in the Falklands, so how did you and Doc Bill prepare for the for the Falklands? Well, you know, I'd been to the Falklands a year ago, so when Doc Bill uh, kindly accepted the uh, invite to join, we had some good experience because you know the first step you want to do in any trip is a tremendous amount of research and get different sources of information to either verify what everyone is saying uh, and confirm what you're thinking, or also to just give you more context so you can plan accordingly. So the good thing about the Falklands is going in January and February, it's their summer, but their summer usually runs about the low to mid-30s to the uh, low 50s. And that requires a lot of, also has a lot of wind there. Um. So you really have to think about, again, layering, uh, and being able to unzip, you know, your clothing. So it's not just the layers yourself. You want a lot of zip clothing so you can regulate your body temperature as you walk, as you hike, and as you go out to do your photography. And Roger was very instrumental in getting in shape. So I began a program of trying to of walking a family every day up to four to six miles a day, and that was quite helpful. And again, when you're doing certain things, you'll be carrying a lot of gear with you. And one point point that Roger brought out was, you know, you can always um, make yourself ten pound lighter by losing some weight. That's less things you have to carry with you. <laughs> and again, that was quite helpful because you have to perform in these environments. So when you get there, you have to be able to be in shape and have some idea. And the getting in shape gives you an idea of what you'll be able to do or have some context of what your reserve is before you get out there. Now, were you all hiking, though, when you were in the Falklands? It varied from the location. Some locations you'd hike uh, three or four, about three miles to the, to the site, and then you'd do your photography and enjoy the area, and then you'd have to hike that same distance back. And so you're also carrying with you camera gear as well. So um, um, that makes it interesting. But the hike itself is fascinating, the, the wildlife and things that you see. 
You're listening to Travel Bags with Anita and Friends, and we have a Just Got Back show where Doc Bill and his friend, Roger Fishman, are talking about their recent trip to the Falkland Islands. Now, uh, I know you all did a lot of photography, so how much weight were you carrying with the photography equipment? I mean, the equipment was heavy as well. Is, is that what I'm hearing you say as well? So how, how do you get equipment and all of that uh, to these places that are you know, off the beaten path? You carry a fair amount, at least for me, it was, I say it was a, a smaller, moderate amount. I carry the basics. Roger's a professional photographer, and the type of equipment he's going to carry is going to be a lot um, heavier, and he's going to be doing more things. And he can tell you right now the type of equipment that he likes to take with him and what he packed for. Yeah, it's not, you know, Bill's right. You know, the important thing with any adventure travel, and especially with photography, is to understand what you're trying to accomplish and what you're going to do with the photographs when you get back. Uh, and in my case, because I am a professional photographer, you know, I take a lot of gear. So I was probably carrying about 45 or 50 pounds of gear with me wow. uh, every day, everywhere I went. And uh, often my dear friend Doc Bill would also help me carry some of that <laughs> because it's tough to carry that kind of equipment over a long time. The good news is you don't have to. You know, if you're going on an adventure trip, you create the trip that works for you in terms of your goals, your physical conditions, and you can really customize it so you can make it as uh, easy and flexible as you want or as demanding as difficult uh, as it may need to be. So it's really it's up to the individual traveler. So if I'm hearing you right then, uh, for people, especially maybe the novice adventure uh, traveler, maybe they could rent some equipment. I know with photography, you may want to bring some of your own equipment, but uh, if you're going scuba diving or if you're doing you know, some of these other active things that are also considered adventure travel, I guess you could also rent some things. Is that, is that right, Roger? Yeah, renting equipment, camera gear is a, is a great idea, and renting any outdoor gear, too, when you need to. The important thing is when you're thinking about your trip is going, am I going any place? that's extreme, where gear is super important. And if it is, you probably want to own that gear because you want to make sure you break it in so it fits to your body. Mm. But for most travelers, most novices or even sort of beginners and a little bit advanced, you know, renting uh, and just getting into it one step at a time is the best way to go. That sounds really interesting. Now, a lot of people may know where the Falkland Islands are, but just really may not know that much about the Falkland Islands. So, Dr. Bill, could you or, and Roger just tell us a little bit about where the Falkland Islands are and just, you know, just a little bit about them. The Falkland Islands are pretty unique. They're about 300 miles um, east of Argentina, slightly southeast of Argentina. And they're about 700 to 800 miles uh, northwest of the Arctic. Um, because of that, it has a unique location. You can see a lot of the Arctic animals and settings are incredible, and you don't have the dire cold. The nice thing about having Roger is, I guess, he's been to those three places, and there's a big difference going from the Arctic, from Falklands, to a midway point, let's say, called South George Island, all the way to Antarctic itself. But the Falklands are an area which is about the size of Connecticut, and has about 760 and 75 different islands on it. And the trip was set up in such a way that we got to see the various wildlife in the islands that surround them. And the islands are quite different, and the wildlife you see in them and their abundance is quite different. And we'll talk about that um, particularly later as we go on. Well, I know we're coming down to the end of this segment, but just quickly, I know a lot of people associate the Falkland Islands with Argentina. Is there still uh, that partnership there, or what's going on between? There's still friction between the Falklands and Argentina because they had a war back in, um, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just remember that the Falkland Islands were settled before Argentina was a country. The British initially came back there around 17... Uh, 
53 or 54 around that period mm-hmm. there. And they've had the most sustainable colony on the island. And the predominant people on the island are British, and they've voted time and time again to keep their current situation as is. Okay. Well, in flying, <clears throat> excuse me, in flying into to the Falkland Islands, then do you fly into Argentina, or how do you get there? you got to fly into Chile, and then from Chile, um, you take a point to south of Chile, and then from there you can fly over to the Falklands. There's only one flight is allowed a week, and that's why you have to, that's what makes it difficult for tourists um, travel there, that you have, that that um, flight that comes once a week, things have to be geared around that. Well, you certainly want to make sure you catch that flight. <laughs> it's only one flight a week. You're, you're, well, although I don't know if there'll be anything wrong with having to stay for an extra week. But you guys listen up now. We're going to come back in just a few minutes. We need to take another break. This is Travel Bags with uh, Anita and Friends on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDRN.